right. Okay, I've had to hit record. Ooh. East, yeah, East Coast radio station. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I am getting a, a, a 60s Radio 1 vibe here. Like with that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit, guys. I'm Alex Whiteley. Of course it's me. And I'm sat with Andy McEwen. Is it Andy McEwen or Andy McEwen? It's technically well, it depends where you are. If you're in Ireland, it's McKeown. Yeah. And if you're in Scotland, it's McEwen. Oh, okay. So I got so, it right then. But as the grandparents were, one of them was um, Scottish, though, hence yeah. the name. <laughs> and hence my children being a Hamish and a Fergus. <laughs> Hamish and a Fergus. Got to keep it in, got to keep it there. We were, I was having a discussion about um, our wedding plans a few years ago, obviously, with the wife. And she's like, why do we go burnt oranges? It's like, because I'm Irish. Yeah. It, you oh, know, yes. she, was, she was like, oh, oh yeah. I was like, Told you that was really important. It's funny, isn't it? You know, uh, oh. when when it's important to them, it's like you know, when it's important to us, it's kind of like, oh, really? Okay. I'm only joking. My wife's amazing. She's so supportive of what I do. I'm, I love you, darling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been dying. I've been wanting to speak to you for a long time because um, your name is is mentioned across Shrewsbury. I've I've heard your name mentioned with so many different events, um, but we've, we've never just got around to doing it. I don't know why, but I'm so I'm glad. a very secretive person. You see, I'm a hermit. <laughs> We had a, a great conversation last week when we were planning this, and he's like, I'm very tempted to put a hood over your head and pick you up in a transit van so you don't know the location of where I am. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to do this at some point, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm at the studio now, which is a secret location, and i got to say, I walked in... i got to explain to the listeners. Um, before I started doing this, I never thought I would be able to geek out over microphones mixing boards uh, and what what not um but since i've started doing this there are things that i would love to own and to use and i walked into andy's studio and it's like a paradise for me for anybody that works with audio um so thank you for inviting me today oh, you're most welcome it is yes it's a toy shop yeah a sort of toy shop. very is very much is a toy shop um uh i i always start this show um bmnf uh, the beginning, middle, uh, <laughs> now and future. So let's start at the beginning for you. Uh, where where do you hail from, Andy? Uh, I'm a I'm a, a bog trotter, which is a bog trotter. I was born um, just sort of south of Ditton Fen in Cambridgeshire, oh, okay. so on the edge of the Fen. So I was born and raised in Bodisham. Went to school in Cambridge. Okay, okay. And what what brings you what brought you to Shrewsbury this way? Have you moved around a bit? Or? No, no. I wanted to escape uh, the fens. <laughs> this, uh, I love the featureless landscape with the odd poplar trees. I'm still lust after flat landscapes and big skies. But what I don't like is uh, the fact that there's nothing much going on. Yeah. And there wasn't. And so it was a seven mile hike into town. If I missed the bus, I had to walk home from school as it was. Um, so yeah, I, as soon as I could get away, the I did. Which take was, a picture of you. Oh, look at that. I'm over, oh, look, press. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you came to Shropshire when? when no, I went to, to... I actually went... Because I, my parents didn't want me to be an artist. Ah, okay. We're going to get onto that later. Yeah, they, they, they didn't want that. me... So, yeah, I ended up going to um, Poulton Lefield College of Education, which is a teacher training college, because my art teacher said, the only way to get round them is to become an art teacher. <laughs> so brilliant. So uh, it's Lancaster University, basically, and um, and I met my wife there. Okay. I met her at the bottom of a stairwell when she was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, as we've been together forty six years. Congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah. My wife used to give me lifts home from where we worked at Asda years and years ago, and one day I was like, "You wanna you wanna go to the cinema?" <laughs> so, it's always a tricky business isn't it yeah right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's nice it's really nice um so yeah the the, the whole art i mean 
I speak to artists a lot, you know, around Shrewsbury, around the world, um, and I've never, I don't think I've ever asked this, the difficult, the difficulty of a young person going to their parents and saying, I want to be an artist. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to go in the police or I don't want to do anything like that. I want to be an artist. And the, the cliche thing in the movies and the TVs, no, you're not going to artist. You're not going to be an artist. You're going to, you know, how are you going to make money? Yeah, all of that. It's a challenge, right? Yeah. My father was a writer. <laughs> You'd think he would have got it. Perhaps he did get it and he didn't want me to do that. He wanted me to be an engineer because I was good at making stuff. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but it was nice. I just refused to do anything, basically, once when that happened. Yeah. I, all I've ever wanted to do since I was about five or six is be an artist. Mm. So becoming an art teacher was um, was a really neat move. My mum was a teacher, so they couldn't say no. Oh, yeah. And you, you taught art for I taught Yeah, I taught at the Grange. Um, I also taught at Hadley Manor. Oh wow! Okay. Before it became a fortress. Um, so yeah, I taught. I did. I suppose I did five years at at the Manor, and then I became head of department at um, the Grange, and then director of studies, and and then um, sidetracked into computing. I fell over a computer. I was given a disc, a floppy disk in nineteen eighty. Floppy disk. Yeah. Five. For the people that are listening, I uh, don't know what a floppy <laughs> disk is. Uh, it's a square piece of plastic that uh, hold about five meg. No, he, no? <laughs> no, 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 lower, lower, little, lower. tiny amounts of about a hundred k. Wow! So that's what a floppy disk was. Yeah, and it was the big ones, five and a quarter. Wow! Somebody gave me a disk, um, and said the title said Tessa, and it was a tessellation program, and it had eight by eight grid, and you could change the colours of them. <laughs> and I was totally sold on it. That was it. That changed everything, because I started working it out so I could screen print from it, because that's what I was designing and building for teaching wow. screen printing stuff um and then um i bought an atari, atari. in 1986 and as i went to a show in and came back with one <laughs> so look what i bought <laughs> and uh a few days later i'd done a 12 frame animation that atari saw wow and that was it it changed everything Atari for the guys listening. I don't know what Atari is. That was the video, the video game, right? It's, no, no, no. It's a, it was a computer. They, Atari's had um, an operating system better than Apple's. Um, ah, in, okay, in, okay. Yeah, ST ST five twenty and then a ten forty. I mean, they only had they had a floppy disk. You had to load the operating system yeah, okay. and stuff. But they had WIMP displays, Windows icons, mice, and pointers. So in other words, the same as now, oh, but okay. way back. And they were so good. They had also had lots of colours. I mean, that was it. Two hundred and fifty six colours. Yeah. when nobody else was even near. They were so, so far out. I don't know what they did in the end, but they blew it, basically. Mm. But, yeah, they, they sponsored me. I, I ran a well, couple of Blame E.T. I think that's the person we need to blame for the, the yeah. loss of Atari. They made that game that was just voted the worst game. If, oh, is that what it was? I probably did, yeah. But, I mean, their computing was great. I loved it. And I had a great time, and I met loads of fabulously intelligent people mm. that basically thought I was doing all right. So... It was quite cool. It's amazing, isn't it, when you can do what you know and enjoy and people think you're a genius for doing it. Yeah, right? it's all smoke and mirrors, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy making this amazing this amazing piece of artwork and you're just sitting there playing on paint, you know, yeah, just like, exactly. well, come and see. Yeah. That's exactly what it was like at the start. There wasn't, yeah. nobody was doing anything. Uh, mm. I met lots of people that were just sort of scratching around in the dirt, mm. me included, um, and it was good. And then I joined the advisory service in Shropshire for schools. I asked too many questions, so in the end, they gave me a job, <laughs> which was brilliant. So I spent eight years wandering about the county, 
creating inspirational lessons for teachers and students with them and it was great so are these lessons that sort of outside the box sort of these like were oh yeah I, pushing all, the curriculum i took to the... uh, my all my equipment that i had mm -hmm. uh, synths all sorts of weird stuff there's a lot of equipment here guys but um <laughs> yeah i just took a big box of kit in the car and uh, we'd go and um, we'd spend a couple of days making a ghost film at one school or creating a soundtrack at another mm. uh, and it was fantastic the idea was to introduce teachers to computing mm -hmm. but in a creative way yeah so that, I mean that was great for until I did some work for Channel Four um, and Oxford University Press whilst I was still working for the advisory service, um, and then they made me redundant. They were closing things down anyway. Mm. They made me redundant at almost the same time that I got an award for Channel Four Schools' first CD-ROM. <laughs> Unbelievable! I know it's one of those things, but yeah, that's the way it cookies crumble, really. Um, but people are reaching more back for this more analog sort of almost cr um, grainy sound now, aren't they? Oh, you know, granular it's, synthesis. Yeah. yeah, it's all coming back. And like, especially with people that are doing what I'm doing with podcasts and a lot of music's going back the way we were just talking before I came in. Weezer, one of my favorite bands, they made an analog album during um, lockdown, which I've listened to on my phone, on, on Spotify and stuff. But like on, on vinyl, that's going to sound so sexy. Like it's all coming back, you mm. know, and you know, there's, there's so many people being creative with computers, making podcasts, vlogs, these sort of things. There's more of a cry for people like you right now than ever before, right? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. You find, you find people squirreled away making their music. I know quite a few people that um, are in bands that, are, that they sort of exist and sometimes they don't exist. You know, the people mm. just get together to play and their music is just so good. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 a beautiful thing when you know what you do when you know what you're doing. But like, it must feel like a kick in the teeth to say you're not needed to do it anymore. You know, uh, not really. I think it's quite motivating. Oh, I love your optimism. I love that so much. <laughs> well, one door one door closes, another one opens, and sometimes it's really good. I mean, this this whole COVID thing. Yeah. I normally do twenty five shows a year, mm. all around the country and Europe, and I had I have done one show. <laughs> the last show was on March the 7th, yeah. 2020. I have not done a major show since. So have you just been squirreling inside the, uh, the studio, playing uh, around with stuff, making yeah, stuff? Yeah, well, uh, yes, a lot of the audio gear is yeah. now uh, is in and in place. Optimised, yeah. everything's sounding and great. I've got a few projects that I'm, I'm playing with. It. Yeah, half the synth rack isn't, isn't actually plugged in at the moment. I keep plugging it and unplugging it trying to find the best arrangement so i can play i i remember the first time i plugged in a behringer mixer to do a podcast and <clears throat> it took me about an hour and a half to play around with wires and to get, <laughs> get it working to mix to, to connect to my laptop really and um by the time we got it done gareth who i was doing a show with at the time in arizona shout out to gareth um was like right let's go and i was like no <laughs> no way am i doing a podcast after feeling like this and i didn't i didn't it was just so complicated so complex it's yeah um there's a lot to learn with these sort of things isn't there uh, there's you lots just... of routing yeah absolutely this thing behind me this test cam is around the back it's got hundreds of cables because mm. uh, everything is plugged the different rooms have their own stage boxes which yeah. can plug into that so you can replug it quite easily but it's a nightmare to even think about really yeah so i have currently got it's mostly used for for me to mix if, yeah. I, if i've got a hundred layers of sound i want to put together for it a hundred layers of sound. I deal with three or four. Um, just speaking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 men I mentioned. I wanted to mention Bo Burnham, who did a. He's released a, a Netflix on a special on Netflix. Bo Burnham is a stand-up comedian in America, and he mixes. He's a bit like the American version of Bill Oddie, not Bill Oddie. Um, 
Bill Bailey. There you go. Ah. Bill Bailey. Two different people. That's definitely. <laughs> Bill Bailey. Um, he's very good, though. He mixes music with comedy and stuff. And he released a special called, um, it's more of a musical called Inside. And it's about content creators or creators being locked inside during lockdown. And it's getting so much critical acclaim at the moment. If you want to know what it's like to be a content creator um, and not be able to go out and make content and feel in that depression, Go and watch that. It's called Inside on Netflix um, because it's not easy when you've got all these ideas running around your head, right? And you just can't yeah. go out there and see the world. Exactly. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, yeah, we've done a couple of guerrilla outings to, yeah. just to light up a few things, but not to an audience because you can't really have the audiences. Mm. Um, you know, we did the prison. I on, saw that. I on the April the 9th. Yeah. We had a, a drive-by from local law enforcement. But what, did we, they, what did they say? They thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but we would we were all there was only five of us anyway and uh, we'd set it out we care very carefully how we did it and uh, so we didn't offend anybody you know legal requirements and such and no they were quite happy with it um and so that's it i mean it's been very very hard to do i my, some of my shows have twenty thousand people turning up for you know they're big shows you mm-hmm. know 100 meters 200 meters worth of projection for people to amble about in. I saw, I saw the stuff you did for Bloom Studios, the uh, the, the Oh, type. that was that was fun. We're doing an animation project with them now. Yeah. I've set them an animation project to go back on that building. I really must go to get to Bloom Studios because we did um, an amazing um, uh, uh, interview. It was just before the loss of uh, of, of Timothy King, um, and uh, we did an interview with him. Um, and then a few weeks later, he was gone, bless him. Uh, and I haven't been back since, so I really do need to go back and sit with Kerry. And I would like to go when all the kids are there doing work and speak to some of the kids as well and stuff. Because I think places like Bloom and Raven Studios and the places out there that do encourage um, p- people to go out there and be creative, I think are just so they're priceless. They're, they're worth yeah. the waiting gold. No, it's, it's Kerry's outfit is really nice. I mean, yeah, uh, the difference between her studio and my studio, hers is tidy. <laughs> Mine, mine's full of cables. <laughs> mine's delightfully full of cables. But yeah, so I set them an animation project that we're going to do to go on that building okay later in the year so once we get to the dark months we'll do it so we've sort of had a first session just to introduce the notion of creating animations because i write animation software i'm a software designer as well oh, okay. i mean that's it I, that's what my company was was actually um i pro- did programming in about 12 languages from pretty much machine code all the way up um, wow. but I, you know, most of it's all it's all ui it's all um it, it's just basically user interface maybe you should come to one of your animation classes and learn how to make some animation for what oh, i do wonderful yeah. well if I, yeah I, unless it, I, well, I write the software so i i well, if i'm doing an animation project i give away the software because you know, i don't sell my software i'm not oh. interested in selling software anymore done that been there done that i'll chat with you definitely if you've got a if you've got a youngin and you've got a computer i can i can for for the price of um, getting yourself a um, a webcam, seven quid, I'll yeah, give you, I'll give you the coat hanger to attach it to. That's the stand. Okay. And the piece of software, so you're up and running for about ten quid nice. making animations. It's very very simple. It's really important to do this though with young people. Oh yeah. I just saw this amazing video on Facebook of this guy sat in a departure lounge um, um, in. Um, in Belgium, I think it was, and he was, he was like, go on, go and play the piano. Like People sat here bored, we delayed, and he's going, no, no, no. And then it, finally this kid gets and sits up at one of those pianos that's free, starts playing, and the crowd, he builds up. Mm. And I'm thinking, fair play to that dad for encouraging yeah, his kid yeah, to go absolutely. and do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what people need. They need that, you know. And was that the same with your kid? Because you said your kid's in a, in a band. Uh, uh, well, yeah, Fergus, um, uh, yeah, we used to tell him to stop singing. <laughs> really, he's got an amazing voice but yes and, and Hamish is an illustrator and animator and oh, he's, so, he's yeah. been animating since he was seven 
Oh, wow. Runs in the blood then. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think there's a predisposition towards... They're both creatives. I mean, that's, my delight is that they are both pursuing a creative path whether yeah. they make any money out of it you know it's oh, irrelevant um we were just talking about that as well before i hit record because uh he was like, you were like oh you don't get paid for this I was like not at the moment and i was explaining how i got my zoom thanks to the sponsorship by a gin different a while ago um because i don't make any money for this either but i love doing it you know mm. i'll complain it may seem like i'm complaining about carrying my stuff up and down the cop every week which is hard work you know <laughs> i pulled my back out last week i've only just got it back <laughs> you know um but i love doing it i mean the, the the only time i'd ever ask for money or need money is to keep it going you know because we've got Ooh. this battered old equipment and stuff one of these mics goes or something that's it for a little bit until we save some money so this is not about it's oh, just they'll last forever they look really good yeah, they're amazing. But yeah, it's, it is hard, and it, you have to do it. You have to plow a lot in that could go elsewhere. Yeah, um, and what I wanted to ask you as well is about is about your visions because right now we're looking at a piece you're putting together. Is uh, to describe it to the listeners. It's very psychedelic, um, <laughs> light works on spinning white, huge white discs uh, with with music as well that uh, Andy's putting together. That is, is it's like organically changes itself. Right? Yeah, it's, that- it's it's analog stuff through three moogs at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the landscape of psychedelic dreams is a new piece of work. Um, it's really beautiful. Um, but to, to see that, to, to put these things together, do you walk by and organic things you see organically sort of like, oh, I could use this or, oh, I can use, do you take like snap, snapshots uh, in your yeah, mind? Yeah, absolutely. I photograph everything. I use my phone these days. I don't take a phone with me mm. anymore. I don't take a camera with me anymore. Yeah. I just take a phone. Um, and it, it's great. I have a plug-in for the sound. So I'm always collecting. Hmm. It's just ideas, mostly. A lot of the time, you don't need to, to bother writing them down. It just triggers an idea. Hmm. Shadows and, you know, reflections, those those are the things that really get me at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it's just it is an endless thing. I, I go to bed with an idea and wake up in the morning, and it's pretty well resolved itself. I should hmm. get paid for sleeping, really. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. If I, if I, I mean, the goal for me, right? The goal for me, as as as, as doing what I do, is I'd love to get paid to do this on the radio. I'd, if I could, someone wants to pay me to do it, I'll do it, and I'll do it for the best because this is what I love doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same for for I imagine a lot of artists. One of my one of my friends, he's we're about to do a podcast together. Uh, Eric Fluger, he's a world famous artist. Um, he designed a lot of the artwork for a, a very famous show called Hollywood Babylon. Um, He's, he's amazing, but he has this love-hate relationship with his work. He'll start a project, then he'll hate it, then he'll have to push himself to finish it. Is that is that like across the board? Is that like no, my- not really. I, I'm pretty good with mine. I get bored with them very quickly, though. Yeah. Once I've done it, um, <clears throat> I've just I've just parked a, a huge project, so that's causing a little contention at the moment. This is a project that I don't want to take out again that is being requested for the end of the year. So... Um, uh, yeah okay so i've got another show that i want to float as well so yeah i might take the other one out if i can float this one as well <laughs> <laughs> it swings and roundabouts isn't it i mean that that's it but yeah i, I don't like repeating this that's why all my stuff is mixed live yeah. they're not pre-rendered shows that's that running now is multiple layers of video that are different lengths so they can never line up so mm-hmm. they're always continuously changing so you get ripples and changes continuously I'm fascinated by the sort of ripples you get in chaos. You walk outside, life is chaos, isn't it? It is, is, And the sound of a town is chaos. Mm. And it's gorgeous. And you think, why is that? That sound is just perfectly placed. And I feel like the more chaos, the better. Oh, absolutely. You walk out to a bland, grey day where there's like not a car on the road or anything. You kind of like... 
Yeah, but even that, you have to listen carefully, don't you, for the bits. You get a bird chirping and some things. I, I just love not being in control of what I do. Okay. So once I've set it up, I can play it. And that that's... um, It's removing... I like to be an audience for my own work, which means <laughs> I, really I need like to that. set it up so that I, when it's sitting running, I'll sit here and watch, watch that just drift. Hmm. And, I mean, it, it started off as a, an idea for a, a piece called Kelp Fills. And it's just an underwater piece that I've, I'd done some fish, animated fish for a show up in um, Salby Bridge two years ago. And I haven't used them since. And I dug them out the other day and thinking, wow, I did a lot of work for that show. I did the whole well. street, whole street. We did the whole street with fish swimming up and down for, for an evening. <laughs> it was great fun. So they had giant sea anemones and things, blown airblown ones by some cool people called the sea cadets. No, the space cadets um, up in Halifax. Uh, but yeah, it's um, that was that was really good. So I, I just thought the kelp fields. I just fancy making a space where you can walk into a room, but you're underwater. Yeah, and you've got this chilled out, drifty, ambient sonic stuff. Mm. Um, I think and, we need that sometimes, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a bubble synth as well because I made a bubble synth. So what does what's, what does that do? It's a very big tube. Well, especially it's lots of tubes. I've got one at the moment, um, and I've got a hydrophone that's suspended in it. It's got a stethophone which is stuck on the outside based on a stethoscope and a mic over the top and a, and a whole load of injectors so I can inject a single bubble into this column and as it moves up it makes a noise so you can hear it but I can inject a, a, a whole batch of bubbles yeah, in streams but you can play it if you pulse it and it's got little taps you can switch them on and off so you can actually get rhythm out of these bubbles and I just thought <laughs> wouldn't that <laughs> be a, fantastic. I just need to light them up from underneath so they're big tubes of water lit tubes of water so I can play them However, there is a, an issue with that because they use so much water. Yeah. That and the electronics anywhere nearby. Mm. I'm still working on it because the first one leaked. <laughs> so that's an ongoing notion. But that's the, a, the oh idea God. for the kelp fields is to actually use it, is to have it so that you can, so you can just plug in little bits and pieces. Um. Oh man, you imagine, uh, what do you play? I play the bubbles. Like, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I frequently play a smoke machine. Um, <laughs> so, do you find yourself sometimes in here just playing around and you're like, oh, oh, yeah? Uh, how, oh, actually, is a better question. Have you done something? Have you made something happen in here? You've not been able to replicate because it was just a random thing. Oh, all the time. <laughs> Where was that? Where was it? What was it? What did I do? Especially with those synthesizers out mm. there. I'll run through some stuff and I'll keep not twisting the various dials and buttons and things and i think well that's really good but i haven't hit record yeah on the desk and i do now quite a lot i will actually i'll come up with little motifs and stuff that i like and then then i'll record but i like to record all the channels because they're all fundamentally they're independent analog channels so they mm. all change over time so if i record everything then i separately i can go back and rebuild go in and, yeah. yeah there's their ideas really i i'd say i don't have i can't read music um I love John Cage's uh, musical notation and some of the graphic score because I understand them, <laughs> but I don't understand the rest of it. And as for key signatures and all sorts of other bits and pieces, the real world does is is predicated. It's not quantized. It's not auto tuned. Yeah, <laughs> is it? And I, so my notion is I'm sticking to real world approaches. <laughs> In other words, I don't need to know anything. Let, let life be your notes. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I record so much stuff that I use that I. You know, with the field recording kit. Where do you use your stuff for, though? Where, where, where are your main sort of marketplace? Where, where do you send stuff to be used for? And it's pr predominantly for my own shows. Um, though I did a piece for Robe Lighting. Uh, I did a 
uh, did a, an hour and a half piece for their uh, soundtrack to their piece at the pool, light up pool, a couple of years, well, 20. I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, I was, I was ask you, it literally says, what is a water screen? Uh, oh, the, <laughs> the water screen. Oh, it's wonderful. 1,280 nozzles. Yeah. In a, It's a Stargate. I built a Stargate. Wow. I built my own Stargate, basically. Uh, I was going to build two. I've got a little tiny cameras that fit in the middle of them. so that I've seen it replicated now with LED screens. But uh, about four years ago, I created this massive... It's well over two, two and a half metres. We had to cut it in half in order to get it out of the studio. <laughs> Classic case of building beyond the doors. Um, so, yeah, you looked at it. Um, your image was appeared in it and it was transmitted somewhere else. Um but the, and then I thought, well, okay, I'll make it into a water screen and we'll still do the same thing. So basically, it's a stream, a constant stream of water that you oh. can project onto. Oh, wow. It's fantastic. It really is rather good. Oh, wow. So imagine that if... Uh, that could be like... Because I know they were talking about holograms a while ago, how mm. you can recreate holograms, and they were working a lot with steam. Yeah. Like, uh, well, it's the same thing, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you can use it with sugar and sand and yeah. dust, anything. I project mm. onto smoke a lot. Yeah, which is quite nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I imagine those. Are, yeah, they're very sort of ephemeral. I actually I like projecting onto trees. Trees. Yeah, trees is great. Portraits in trees. So on a still day or a windy day. So yeah, it well, either moves. it doesn't matter. You just yeah. get a shimmer in a tree anyway. Yeah. And also it depends on the leaves. There are some trees that are better with the lighter coloured mm. leaves. So, now, bouncing them out of water, anything really, just to get a different effect. When's the first time you shone a light on a building and thought, "I want to. This is what I want to do." Uh, 1972. Yeah? Yeah, I was 19. Yeah. I built the building. <laughs> um, I was a student, and I did I did a it was, um, central station in Blackpool. Um, we had a photographic introduction to photography on the, on the course we were doing. So I ran around collecting photographs, um, just slides, out of focus, dragged and stuff. Mm. And then I built, because we had paper sculpture at the same time, so I built a whole um, room. And it was a physical room. You could open the paper doors. You could walk in there, wow. paper furniture. And then I projected from all around using wonderful old things. If anybody remembers that, an epidioscope. Now, you stick a book under it. It's okay. like an overhead projector, okay. only earlier. Great big mechanical things. That and slide projectors and a carousel. Oh, and, yeah. I'm... And I yeah, set, it, sounds... set it to um, Pink Floyd's um, Echoes off metal. Wow, and it was just was that automated, or you sitting there clicking? Uh, no, it, they were just automated. I just and there were so many of them. I had lots of bits all over this room, so you could stand looking in through the window of this paper room, and it was huge. Um, and I was projecting on the sides, and you could see all the projections of, of the station in chaos. It was wonderful. Wow. So that was nineteen seventy-two um, when I was a student, and um, I, I'm not sure how well it went down. I was just told to get on with my sculpture. Um, <laughs> But so, but I've still, you know, it's that's where I started. Nineteen seventy. Well, you do a great job. I mean, that's how I've, that's how I've learned of you. I mean, I think what solidified me, like I need to speak to Andy, was a few weeks ago I saw you with Maggie Love doing the Romeo and Juliet thing. That was that was hot. I think it was my Shrewsbury and Maggie mm. that shared the pictures for that. I don't know was it my Shrewsbury. I don't know. It was, and I saw it. And I was like, oh, I definitely need to speak to Andy, and I hadn't yet reached out then i went to to speak to chrissy for the uh the bellevue arts festival and i found out you're doing that which we'll talk about in a second the 10 second uh, mm. five second 10, 10 seconds second, 10, 10 second yeah. thing. i was like right that's it and i literally went home and i was like andy literally typed here <laughs> we need to do something and here we are today so um yeah let's talk about that the bellevue arts festival which is by the way 
fantastic event is is going on now. Um, there's a little bits pottering around, uh, but the, uh, there is stuff going on mainly in July. That's when it's going on. There's lots of exhibitions. Yeah. If you're around by the Greyfriars Bridge, there's lot, lots of like uh, beautiful drawings by kids that are like attached to the bridge, and there's some nice stuff going on there. Make sure you check it out. Um, uh, but you're take, doing an event for them, right? Yeah. I do, yes. Ten second films. Um, they asked if I do um, um, Sonic Gardens again. It was my lockdown project for Sonic Gardens, mm-hmm. um, inviting people to send me a sound recording of their garden, plus 10 pictures, and I'd create you a, a, a unique piece of work which I send back, an animation. Okay. animation. And, but I didn't want to do that again. Sounded uh, like, sounds like hard work. <laughs> uh, it was, actually. So I th- said, okay, we'll use 10-second films. It's a project I use all over the country. In fact, I've used it into Europe as well. Basically, I get people to, to take 10 seconds worth of film. They're the director, they're the editor. I don't want to know. I just set the parameters where they go. The camera's got to be stationary. There should be some motion in what you're looking at. But there doesn't have to be. And don't make a noise and don't be in it. That's it. Those are the rules. So you can do it. I did it at the Black Country Museum um, with a drop-in audience, huge, 110 people. And they all went out and filmed all day at the Black Country Museum, just making 10-second clips. And we piled them all into a lovely piece of software that I've written called AutoVid. And it does the editing. It just All it does is sequence them randomly, continuously, seamlessly. Wow. So it just plays endlessly. And it's always, you don't know what's coming next. I love that. So uh, it's oh. quite good. And I wrote that for the Liverpool Independence Biennial which runs at the time of the Liverpool Biennial, in 2008. And I was working, uh, I did a piece for, um, at the Wolfson Home Project, I had to work with somebody who I'd never met in a place I'd never been to for a week in public. Okay. Which is nerve-wracking, to say yeah. the least, especially because it was freezing cold in a horrible building with no heat. Um, so, yeah, Laura Wilson and I spent a week trying to work out what we were going to do. So I said, well, you know, this is called Brief Encounter. Let's go buy a copy of the film. <laughs> so yeah. we did so i resequenced it so it resequenced itself where every cut was run it into autovid and it, it, every time it hit a, a cut lens it um it jumped to a different place so the film was out of sequence and it, we run two and a half hour film sessions for it it's not a, it's only a 90 minute film mm. and the people sat there enthralled with this film that was completely disconnected to itself stunning <laughs> it really is stunning. I mean, I was looking at, you know, it is. Did you do the lighting for the um, Oktoberfest, the last one we had? On yeah. The, on the ceilings. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I looked at that, all right, and I was walking, and even back then, right, I said to my <laughs> wife, I said, that's Andy McEwen. I said, I know that I know that work. I've seen it. I'm better. I'm that boring, am I? You can tell my work. Well, that's it. I, I recognize your work because I've seen it on social media so much, but so it's nice to actually see it. And the one I saw, I saw this morning when I was sitting there drink, drinking coffee researching my guest was the kaleidoscope he did in uh, in uh, liverpool cathedral and, and i was just like look at how the i mean i know you can just zoom in and zoom out with, with these with, with um projectors but how immaculate you got it on that ceiling oh no that was that was a complicated mapping it was yeah. 175 feet up yeah so yeah it took quite a bit of alignment i was gonna ask like you know that's but the pictures of the audience that night it's the only time in the last 10 years I've had a standing ovation at the end of a show. Wow. People were coming in two hours early to get a spot on the floor because they had the heating on on the floor <laughs> in the cathedral. And I wrote the soundtrack to that. Um, and it's really, really simple soundtracks, mostly my heartbeat. Mm. Oh, right. Echoing through the whole of the building all evening. And it was just so good. Plus some wind and noises over the top and some echoes and stuff. It was absolutely perfect. You'd listen to it out of context and you'd think, that's not going to work. 
But in that cathedral, it worked perfectly. It was designed mm. specifically for that cathedral. How do you create a? How do you plan, orchestrate, and then display a kaleidoscope of that magnitude? Because it was just. I mean, I I know there's got to be certain complications to how you do it but briefly how do you how do you make that you know well i wrote the software so i knew it was going to work so i create a piece of software specifically for that size so okay. i know what the distance is and i can work it out but the actual so that's not it is mapped because of my projectors you can do software and hardware mapping with but the actual software was designed specifically for that space so i have a i have a kaleidoscope i wrote my kaleidoscope machine gosh when did i write that 1998 Something mm -hmm. like that, 89, yeah, around about 2000-ish. And I've been using it, um, I used it in 2003 on the market hall. Okay. For, um, it was the very first time that I had actually projected onto a building. I think they got round to me last because everybody said, no, it's a difficult angle, can't do it. <laughs> oh, you're scared to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. It was tricky. But, yeah, but it worked. So, yeah, I, it, because I write the software for my output, mm -hmm. Um, for most of my output, and that's changed a bit recently because I use um, a really big uh, mixer piece. But uh, yeah, normally I write the software so that I can actually map it. I can I can scale it to size so I know that when I project it, it'll fit to what I want. Oh wow, that's amazing! I mean, you're very much. It sounds like you're very much a yes man. We just do it. Yeah, there we are. Uh, well, yeah. anybody who says yes, can it be done? Yes, of course it can be done. Now, whether we can actually manage to achieve that's a different matter. Mm. Um, mostly, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say, yes, we can do anything. And then we have to have a look at it and then go away, find out how to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much the same. So, I mean, um, big shout out to Cherie, who's doing the, uh, she's painting the BT boxes around town at the moment. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was like, oh, do you want to come up on the 19th and, and chill with us and speak to us? And I was just like, absolutely, yes, I'll be there. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm at prison. I do the prison escape. I'm a presenter. Ah. You know, so, um, and I was like, I'm very sorry, but oh, we can do it tomorrow instead. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm the same. I'll, I'll take on a project and then realize, oh man, what have I done? Has that ever happened to you? Are you taking uh, on something that is probably a bit too we big? We have had to have two ambitious? crews out. Yes, we have. Yeah. Well, no, nothing's ever been that too big. We just get more kit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I did a show because some of the shows are hugely expensive. I did a show in Wigan and when we got there, the building was a lot darker than we'd expected. And we did a test because we always do a test. We always just make sure we go up, fire it up, make sure it fits. And it didn't. So basically the whole, I blew the whole budget on hiring in two really big projectors. <laughs> so I didn't make anything out of it at all. Uh, but it didn't have to look good. It was a 15 minute show and we had an audience of 15,000. Amazing. And it was just huge, but we didn't make any money out of it because um, the building just didn't, didn't take light very well. So we had to put more and more light on it. And I couldn't, we, Projectors are 50, 60 grand each at wow. least. Um, so we just hire them in. And that was 10,000 quid for an evening. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, is there is there a building out there in the world that you'd love to light up and you haven't been able to? Oh, there's loads. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll give you a list. Actually, I'm <laughs> working my way through cathedrals at the moment. I just Because I've, I've done quite a lot. I'd like to do Ely Cathedral. I'd love to do Ely Cathedral. Coventry Cathedral would be good. Um, but my my the, the one place that I really really want to go to and I have been trying to do it for ages and ages is the bombed out church in Liverpool. Okay. Um, for a show, I've got a show, and every time that well, I do some work for Liverpool Light Night, and I've done so many, um, they sort of route route me over to a different location, <laughs> um, and that's 
I, I definitely want to do. I'd like to take um, the landscape of kaleidoscopic dreams, um, is uh, or psychedelic dreams actually, um, to the bombed out church because it would be such a place to chill out in because yeah. the structure, it's yeah. a whole church but no roof. Liverpool's amazing. It's one of my favorite. When people ask me, "What's your favorite? One of your favorite cities in the world?" I mean, I've traveled. I'm quite well traveled, and I always, I always come back to Liverpool. It's got so much character. It's great, isn't it? It's a beautiful place, and the people are actually really nice. Like people, people make all these stereotypes about Scousers and stuff, and I'm like, "What?" Every time I've gone there, they've just been really nice to mm. me. Like, do you know what I mean? They're always happy. To oh, help. it's great, isn't it? I, I, I do like it, and I've lit both cathedrals quite a few times, and I've um, one of the few people that have stood on the roof of the Metropolitan climbed up the outside oh wow last time i climbed up the outside i had um a camera crew from um with their drone from granada <laughs> i went to i was photographing the stained glass up at the tell chris shirk he's probably listening thinking, oh, it's right. wonderful it's a great climb actually because you climb up you go up the inside then the outside okay and then you go back in through the lantern then you climb up the inside of the lantern to go out through a tiny hatch at the top um i, I remember recording on the roof of the uh of the cathedral in shrewsbury um which I thought, oh, the cathedral, sorry, the abbey. Mm. Uh, and uh, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go, they'll be fine. And I felt like I was in a game of Assassin's Creed, like oh, shimmying yeah. across the side of the buildings and up the staircase. And uh, I was just like, wow, my legs are killing me. Up these spiral staircases that were just such, just so narrow, but in the middle is quite a drop, so be careful you don't drop anything. Um, yeah, it was such an adventure. It's, but It's quite a nice, it's a nice one to walk on. The one, St. Mary's is quite interesting. Quite, yeah. To get up on to the top, at St Mary's is actually quite a challenge. Um, Rob Milton, who, who I've worked with, I worked with at the weekend because they had um, the history in churches weekend with um, with the Corbett household there. It was amazing. People walking around in chain mail with swords uh, and shields. It was so good. And he's like, yeah, we need to we need to definitely go for coffee sometime and we can do something because St Mary's is, um, is another one of those places in Shrewsbury that's just a great community hub. Like, you know, it's not a worshiping church anymore, but it likes to it likes to offer a lot to the community, which I think is a really great thing. It's right in a great position. And he's like, "Yeah, we can go up the roof sometime and record." Now, I've got a great fear of heights, but this is why I do this, right? Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the the column that's on Hawkston Park follies, I've recorded at the top of there, and I was like, back against the wall, like, "Yeah, so uh, you're opening the park again soon, are you? It's going to be amazing." Uh, you know, it's it's quite a challenge. Oh, I love lights. Absolutely yeah. love them, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rob, we'll, we'll go for a, a coffee and stuff, but we'll, uh, maybe Shane can do the, the up high one this time. <laughs> but St Mary's is a lovely place. It is, it's, yeah. It is fab, and they are raising raising money. They've got, got a lot they to got, raise, only 250 grand. 250 grand, yeah. yeah um, and I think they're, they're constantly looking. I've got some audio to put together for them uh, for next week. Um, I'm really looking forward to piecing that together, jigsaw puzzle. Um, uh, but it's it was really good actually. Just go around and speaking to people. That's the fun part, right? It's going around and speaking to people, and then you get the audio like, okay, I've got to piece this thing together. But um, they are after exhibitionists, ex exhibitionists, exhibitionists. Yes. <laughs> well, that's it. I, I theoretically should be doing Splinters of Heaven yeah. at Christmas. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we just yeah probably will go ahead. Yeah. It's just I've got fed up doing it, but. Um, I think it's, it, I mean, it's a nice piece. I do it in different places because I always find all the glasses always, in whichever glass is in that church. So mm. but I, I, if I do it again, I'll have to re-photograph all the glass. Start mm. from ground zero yet again. Really? I, well, I, yeah, don't you, don't, yeah. Because every time I look at a piece of glass, I'll have a different viewpoint, different cameras. Mm. And I've got lots different of different lighting coming through. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So it's to, try, it's to do it. And I t last time I took all my scaffolding in so I could get high enough up to actually 
Wow. I remember reading something about the Abbey and they had pigeon problems and they tried to find out the cause and how they were getting in and they, and they got in touch with drone rangers I think it was the drone rangers the Shropshire guys and they, they set up drones and they went to find out nice. where the pigeons came from I was like oh what a cool I wish yeah. I'd have been there it's a great name for a company isn't it drone rangers yeah they're awesome I really need to get in touch with them because they, they, they're they very supportive of me on Instagram and stuff and I don't know how we could um Use drones uh, for a podcast, but I'm pretty sure there's something cool. We yeah, can well, I had an inter- well with Granada, I had an interview part way up oh. a climb. So a drone was holding a, a oh, mic. The, the drone wings were up. Yeah, six foot across. So it was it was huge, oh, absolutely okay. amazing, and it didn't make a noise. It was whisper quiet. Drones are so exciting. It's such an amazing advancement in, yeah. in technology. They were talking about these octocopters that they're going to be using in. Um, uh, giant giant drones basically that they're going to be using in airports to carry your luggage from one place to another and I'm just thinking can you imagine going to the airport and seeing just drones just flying your stuff it's, everywhere as far as I'm concerned it's all Dan Dare yeah yeah. Do you, I don't suppose you do do you Dan Dare comics Dan Dare no no in the 60s he was a real hero he's a spaceman but he had a, a he had a watch that you could a communicator with video on it yeah. And I watched a video on my watch the other day and I just had a total Dan Dare moment. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody out there who's 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 in their sixties who remembers those comics, it's all happened. It's all it's all here. It's wonderful. Apart from the flying boots. <laughs> well, they're sort of here, aren't they? But Well, uh, maybe. Yeah, they are working with jetpack stuff at the moment, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Uh, technology is a great thing and do you feel like um there's always it's not necessarily a struggle but it's always something on your mind that you've got to keep up with stuff and um, because there might be something you're missing with new technology yeah it's opportunities isn't it i long ago i realized that you can't understand it or it's like a slippery pole and you're sliding down it <laughs> all you can do is grip sufficiently hard to get something slow you down a bit but no, I, um yeah i don't i decided i wasn't going to write any apps because um, we're a software development company, that I wasn't going to do apps because the the investment of time was not where my interest was anymore. Though I have just done a, a couple of small app control pieces um, okay. for my own stuff, but they're not full-blown apps, and I'm really not going to get into that. It's just, I think, cost-benefits. It's just not worth me committing a year's worth of my life to get it up to the standard that I want to start creating art pieces with it. So I thought, no, I'll, I'll work it in a different direction. I'm, I'm much more interested in IoT. I love IoT control systems. What's an IoT? Sorry, Internet mate. of Things. Internet of the Things. The Internet of Things. IoT. So if I get my phone out and I um, switch the lights on and off and things, that's IoT. Hmm. And I, um, that sort of technology I've done quite a lot of. I did it for the flax mill. I, had a, I could control the whole of the flax mill piece that I did a couple of years ago. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that was all controlled from my phone. So... I could switch it on and off and change it from my phone. Stunning. Which was, now that's, and I did that for the market hall um, uh, when I did the piece for Bloom. That was the rub, was because we were locked out. I had all the physical time, and the projectors were timed so they would actually switch themselves on and off at the right times. Now, of course, that's fine if it's dark because they were switching at half past four and switching off half past ten. But of course, this time of year, it's not even going dark, is it? But so I had to work out a method of unpicking it to normally reprogram them by waiting till it's dark projecting and then using the menu system mm. yeah that didn't work because you can't get into moss and i have to say moss have been so good over the years they allow me to use their space they they absolutely stunning yeah. they're always so helpful and 
which is really nice actually. The guys, the guys I've got a piece I'm going to do for them actually. It's all based upon um, sort of a Magritte type piece with ties, um, <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm still sort of working on. But we'll do that as it gets dark. But yeah, so I worked to work out a system so I could sit outside and and then get command control over my projectors so that I could really... better if you do it from a distance and no it was not an, yeah well I've worked out some IOT stuff that allow me to map it all to my phone in the first instance and then go and and do it I tried all sorts here yeah, I had it running in the studio because I've got a mirror of the market hall piece here so that I could actually learn how to do it yeah and it took me an hour because it's two projectors not just one so each bit has to be done simultaneously and there's a time difference between when they pick up so I worked out how to do it, and it worked. So I've now I now have control over the the on off times from my phone, so I can switch projectors on and off whenever I like. Oh, nice, nice. Which means they're up permanently. So it's not like that case of uh, are you keeping up technology? Is is technology keeping up with you, Andy? <laughs> it's always finding little bits, isn't it? What can you make this technology do? And this home automation stuff, yeah, when used offensively <laughs> in art, is is brilliant. It um it actually means that I I don't have to travel. The piece I'm, I'm working on um, with Pentabus uh, for Hattingham Park, will um, that will be controlled from a phone. It will be set up. I've already started exploring how the sound pieces can work. Yeah. Um, and then the aim is so, so you don't have to go in every day to switch it off or somebody doesn't have to switch it off. It can all be automated. Oh, wow. Amazing. It's, it reminds me of that scene from um, Big Bang Theory, if you've ever watched it, mm. where, where they code in the, the lights and the remote control cars and, and um, you know the lights start switching off. And they have to explain, do you not understand what's going on? There's somebody in Shanghai uh, turning off our lights. And it's all about context sometimes, because sometimes somebody might see some of your work, and this is not meant as an insult in any way, shape, or form. They might look up at the market hall and see Bloom uh, sort of um, projected there, and they might go, ah, okay. But the, until they know the story, mm. how you, the hard work you've put into doing it and, and what the good work that Kerry does at, at, at Bloom, um, then they might appreciate it a bit more, you know. And it's, it's, oh, yeah, you get people say, oh, it's just a projection. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's mapped onto the building with two projectors <laughs> through a window that is so old that we're yeah. not allowed to screw into it. <laughs> you know, it's all delicately balanced. Mm. And it works because I've got offset lenses on two projectors. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, it's, it's, all, it's all of those bits, isn't it? But... I, I always I always fascinates me is that people show their children where the projection's coming from. I did say to one woman, "Don't, don't. It's magic. Yeah, it, that's all it should be. It's magic. You don't need to know where it's coming from no. at all. Yeah, I, I don't bother looking where people are project if they're projections now. I just look at the projections. I understand that you're trying to create a piece of magic. Um, speaking about the future for you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, by the way, I, I really do agree with that. Actually, though, about about speaking of the manager, as, as an immersive actor, thinking about it, going back, um, it makes it so much better when there's somebody actually in the moment enjoying themselves, oh, yeah. uh, and rather than someone's dragging their heels. Oh, this is stupid. Look at him. You know. Um, so I feel you on that one. But yeah, um, thinking about the future, I was just thinking about back to you saying being a teacher and um, looking for new ways to sort of educate people. Um, what advice would you give to someone that's, that's that wants to be an artist and is going through what you went through as a kid? And a lot of artistic, creative people do when they're younger. Oh, are you going to make money from that? You know, sort of thing. What would your advice be to them if they were listening to this today? Well, you just have to do it. A job is a job. If you get any, get a job just to pay for it. Hmm. That, I mean, that that's ultimately it, isn't it? If you really have a passion and you want to do it, you'll find a way to do it. My, my dad was a writer and he had endless little jobs to pay the bills because his focus was on, on writing. 
Um, and one of his books was made into a film directed by Stephen Frears. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, you think, well, that's quite easy to just dismiss that. And I was thinking oh, that's such a big thing. Um, I wish he'd been alive by the, when they'd actually made the film, which he mm. wasn't. But it's that that whole bit. Yeah, if you've got a passion for it, you have to find a way around to do it. And if it's part-time jobs, it's it's whatever you can you can manage to do in order to keep the passion going. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yes, some of this stuff's really really expensive. It doesn't have to be. I do say to anybody that wants to get into projection, beg, steal, or borrow a projector from somebody that you know. Um, and a little confusing. Just go out and light up a building. Mm. Just go and do it. It's not illegal to light up buildings, with one or two notable exceptions. But you know, you're not doing any damage. And but the only you can't do it in a studio for too long. You just got to get out there and shake a stick at it. A lot of what I say to people is just ask. Ask people. Have you got anything that you not you don't need anymore? You know, with when it comes to. Um, bits of hardware paper or there's companies out there have you got anything then out back that you're not using anymore or is there any way you can help us something something if they haven't they'll say no if they have they, then there you go you've got some resources mm, to absolutely. use you know? yeah um yeah so it's it's always good to be polite and just ask and um you know you start and then you grow and then you grow and you know i mean i remember i started off with uh, with my podcast which is a laptop and a snowball a blue snowball which is the worst microphone ever made but it's great great to start off with i guess it doesn't matter doesn't, where you start does it it's um look at me now you know i'm doing this sort of stuff mm. uh, and i'm enjoying it and you know i've got a lot of people to thank for it but it's only because we carried on going for all the difficult parts you know and the same for you i mean lockdown mustn't have been easy for you um no it wasn't uh, well it wasn't it was less easy for my wife but she's a very sociable person um so i removed half of my studio back home because we have we share a studio on the top floor of the house so i took half the synth rack and it decided that was a silly mistake so i spent <laughs> uh, we spent most of the first six months just working in the garden mm. creating a big big panel sculpture in the ground and, and just working on that because she liked the company whereas me i wouldn't have bothered me i could come <laughs> down the studio i mean i don't see anybody from one day to the next anyway yeah. most of the time so so no the hard bit for me is i haven't had any shows it's that getting out there and there is an enormous adrenaline rush you get 10 15 thousand people in your show i imagine um I imagine. And, and with a huge thunderous soundtrack that i produce that my my weather machine is is my the touring piece that i so desperately want to tour on a bigger scale um, and that's got full-blown thunderstorms and things in it and it's wonderful wow. and at the show in pool a couple of years ago um in this huge shopping mall an empty unused shopping mall um, we filled the hole with it's about 45 meters of it and at one point it was raining it's animated rain and people were walking around with the umbrellas I gave them. And this woman and her husband, I f they were standing next to some huge speakers. So I fired off an enormous rumble of thunder. She put her umbrella up and he hitched his coat up. And I thought, either they're seriously good actors or they've bought into this. And I just, it's my, it's the one moment. Oh, and then a woman doing um, a bit of Mary Poppins with her making shadows in the installation with a with an umbrella and dancing it was just so good and that's for me that's the buzz is um is that it takes seven hours to mm. set up a show and the show might only last two or three hours yeah but that's it isn't it you're seeing people enjoy something that you've made and that, that's what I, yeah that's what it's all about isn't it you know mm. and it's that ephemeral notion of you switch it off that's it, it's gone mm. so thousands of people 
film the stuff. So we end up seeing lots and lots of pictures of Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If he doesn't, uh, so that's yeah. So the pieces of work exist. It's not like painting, is it? The pieces of work exist only whilst the projectors are on, Mm. unless you record them. Um, And and I do that with my other work as well. My my because I do I'm a landscape um, artist as well. Um, But I create digital forests. I do make the drawings. Um, and then I, I've written some software called Wonder Tree, the Tree Factory, um, and it, it creates forests wow. of ten thousand trees. But it, it does the orientations and layout and gaps, Amazing. and then it gives you thirty seconds to print it or destroy it. Oh wow! Okay, so, so if you miss it. Isn't... So yeah, every thirty seconds it reconstitutes oh, okay. to a new composition because I don't like the idea of artist as the perfect composer of art. Hmm. I think you know, there's thousands of compositions. He just gets fed up, and that's the one he's going to finish. And so I know it's a contentious thing, and I have loads of arguments with people about it. But so I wrote this piece of software that did exactly that. So as you hit print, it destroys the image after it's printed it. So it's a one-off mono print, a proper mono print, but digitally done. Wow. Um, so I've done huge, huge forests. That's how I was created, Andy. That was a one-off. <laughs> Aren't we all? But that whole uh, for me, that see, that's another part of my work. I don't, I haven't done it. I must must actually get the big printer out again. So I've got a whopping great big bureau printer for doing really big prints. But I haven't done any since ooh, a good a good ten years or so. Wow. I haven't made any big prints. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, is there is there anything that you know apart from the, the printer? Uh, is there any other examples of things that that are stowed away in a cupboard that you haven't been able to play with for a while because you've been busy? Oh, I'd, I'll write you a list. Goodness yeah. me. I, well, yeah, I see things and I buy things that I haven't used. I wanted um, a Pi Zero for a project. And I was researching the project. And I suddenly thought, I'm sure I bought some of them. <laughs> and true enough, I had. I bought three Pi Zeros. Which, and so I didn't have the bits, all the bits of technology that I've got lurking around and now being sort of welded into a new form for this piece at Attingham Park. Wow. Which will be, it's fun. I, yeah, I, I am a bit. I, I'd love to come and check that out. After, when, when are you doing that? Come? Um, I'm, it launches sometime in in August, I think. I mean, I've only literally started work on it. Uh, Pentabus have been working on it for quite some time. It's with Young mm-hmm. Carers, and it's a, a really nice legacy project. Um, so, yeah, that's it. And I've been brought in just to, to work on the sound for this piece. I really must get in touch with Artingham because I feel like we could work together because there's, um, there's a, forgive me, I forget his name, but there's a guy that makes the beautiful uh, art pieces out of wood, woven wood and stuff. He's on Instagram. I'm going to reach out to him soon to um, to speak to him, but maybe if me and Artingham know each other and stuff, maybe they'll be like, oh, there's a guy coming in a couple of weeks. You can, yeah, I will to mention him. you to um, Claire. Who's yeah, the events and organiser? I'd be interested to know if she knows experience who experience manager. Oh, okay. And she's, they're really great. They're alone. Lovely bunch of people, actually. Um, yeah. As are Pentabus. Um, they're 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 great, actually. So I mean, it's quite interesting to work. I'm not the visual artist on this project. Mm. Um, I'm I'm the sound artist, which is which is one of the changes that I'd made during lockdown. Is that I was I started to pursue. I'd already started doing it, but I started to pursue. I'm pursuing more big sound projects now yeah. as a focus rather than as a byproduct of my other things. Yeah. So is, uh, are you are you Say, are you for sale? <laughs> Can people hire you to, yeah. for projects if they need you? Or is well, it just they you? do. No, they do. I did a project in um, an underpass in Redditch we, under a motorway for two Shrewsbury-based artists. Um, and that was fantastic. But they wanted to go on a journey. They knew what they wanted to do, but getting there and creating a performance at mm. the end of it was, was big. They worked in the studio for a couple of months. 
and we we went out and did this field recording stuff and put it all together as a piece and then they performed it on the night under a motorway with an audience which was so much fun um, and that was the last show that we did yawning that, that was it that was the last show um before lockdown wow literally a few days before how lockdown. amazing though is that like you know the an underpass underneath a motorway, and there's a concert going on. People driving over, they don't realise yeah. what's going on. Oh, this wasn't. This was all about machines. It's called the machine in the park. Um, it was. It really, really was fantastic. Um, I was wow. amazed. It was, it was nice. It was a nice project to do actually. But yeah, I, I, I've had a few artists in towards the back end of this lockdown who want to start exploring. I was going to say, I imagine your phone's blown off the hook at the moment because there's festivals, there's events. No, there's, all there's nothing. Of... No, 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 guys. No. Jeez. There's not a lot people. One of the things, no, nobody's commissioning on the grounds that they I think it's probably about commitment at the moment. People can't commit yeah. to something, can no. they? Well, of course they can't. So I mean, I know that any, anybody that asks me for it, it's, it's going to have to be provisional. Yeah. So well, that's fine. Um, you know, we um, we might do Oktoberfest, hopefully. Um, that'll be a laugh because that'll be a psychedelic affair. That was a, such a good night. I missed I missed Oktoberfest because we haven't had one since. No. It was it was great. I love doing it, and I guess say the guys who do the sound for that um, Pro Audio, mm. they're absolutely wonderful people. <laughs> Joe and Callum are great, um, and it's nice working with them. So I'm hoping I can get together with them. Is there other people that you meet at these sort of festivals mm. and stuff? You you bump into all sorts of people, like the electrician who came to look around here to do some work. Um, I thought I, I know you. He does the electrics for for Beth for the um, for Oktoberfest. Yeah. So it's a small world, isn't it? It is, and I, you know, it's nice. It's nice to run into people like that, though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you work with someone a couple of times, and you're kind of like, okay, right, we need to do something to get, you know, like there's, mm. there's a something going on here. Um, I find that quite a bit actually. Um, I'm, I'm starting to see the same faces, especially. Uh, People like Maggie Love or the guys yep. from my, my, my Shrewsbury or Maggie Love I've worked with before and I've never got her on the show. Um, so oh, I you ought to. to. She's got she's such a background. <laughs> we, I did. I recorded the uh, Shrewsbury's Open tours, the the audio tours at St. Chad's, St. Mary's. Um, oh, God, I can't remember. We did the, the, the castle and, um, yeah, uh, we did them anyway, and Maggie did the, the amazing one of Old St. Chad's, and it was just so, so good. And um, we, we, we worked all day, all day on it. Then, um, oh, the other one was Bear Steps with uh, with Bibbs Cameron, who's awesome as oh, well. All right, yeah, um, but yeah, I see these names pop up every now and again, and it just shows to me that this is a great community. Yeah, you know, Maggie people. and I have worked together, I think, since about 2006, mm. off and on. Um, I will get her on the show. Yeah, oh, she's great. You know, I do, I do like, I do like working with her. And also, some of the the other things that I do, if I need somebody to direct some movement, because that's what she. Is. Yeah, that's what she specialises yeah, in. That's absolutely. right. So uh, I've got the, my Sindaloo, the Sindaloo riots that I'm creating. I'm creating a static riot, an absolute static riot, so the audience doesn't move, but all hell breaks loose <laughs> on two sides of a screen because the audience is on either side of the screen to watch. Mm. opposing factions um and i've got i've got the hence the path that's in the studio but um, i've also got to choreograph uh the the transition from a standing audience to one that's fleeing having been shot at by the yeomanry so we're creating i've got to create all of that so we're going to do it with small groups of people multiple films Maggie's um, directed stuff for me before when, when I have created huge Exodus pieces. So it'll be one of those. And that, that'll be quite exciting. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to being able to get a group of people together 
even if it's only a maximum of 30, um, in order to come streaming past my multiple cameras and sound <laughs> pieces, just to give me, it's, it's trying to create a piece of work. It was designed for a COVID environment, so the audience are six foot apart, yeah, standing, yeah. but they're part of it because they'll have their phones with the soundtrack on, and they'll be part of making the noise. Brilliant. All completely interactive. <laughs> yep. Um, where can people find what you're working on and, and, and sort of get in touch and stuff? I think the easiest thing is to, if you go to my website, which is uh, wildstrawberry.com, mm-hmm. and that's the name of my, my company, Wild Strawberry Interactive Multimedia Limited. Oh, what a mouthful. I wish I'd never done that. <laughs> um, and uh, if you click on my, my wonderful portrait, it's a bit of a Warhol portrait that was done a few years ago. And there's a list, there's links to... Um, to my Flickr and Vimeo accounts and stuff like that. But we're on we're on Facebook, Andy McEwen Lightworks. Mm-hmm, and right. m- uh, more importantly, Andy McEwen Soundworks is a new one. I've oh, only okay. recently, I've got no followers at all on Andy McEwen Soundworks. Oh, you'll have one later. But, <laughs> but I'm only, that's only because I, I'm just teasing that as an idea at the moment. I'm, I'm posting mm. small amounts of stuff. It's amazing, though, how an idea sometimes can roll downhill. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is sound pieces that, for me, I, these are specific, you know, things like recording. Like One Name, One Voice, I recorded 5,286 individual voices for that project. Wow. Over three and a half years. 52 sound modules. Ah, that's what I was asking you about earlier. Yeah, no. That is such a piece. That is so good. And and um, off and on, we must get it ramped back up. We're meant to be doing um, All the Voices 2090 for the Flexmill. Okay. It's another. It was. We started. We had a two or three hundred in, and then of course the lockdown happened, and it all sort of drifted off a bit, and it, it hasn't happened at the moment. But we can resurrect that. I've come up with different ways of recording people face to face, without microphones stuffed up their noses. Um, I've used my big dish. Okay. It's got a thousand meter range. So you can just record people. Oh, it's just yeah. This is just beyond. This is surveillance dish. A big one. And yeah, it's great. So if I put the dish here and you just chat away merrily, so I can have people. So there's no um, physical breath contact with the microphones at all. Oh, wow. I need to borrow one of them. Get one in the studio. We should, we should you, hey, can we borrow it for, we're doing a 24 hour podcast challenge. We're going to be in the room for 24 hours chatting together. I don't think that would work on uh, on social media and streaming. <laughs> I like, it's a great edge because you get this, you get, I record people over, um, out in a, in a wood or something over a distance. So I'll mm-hmm. put, the, put the microphone about 50 meters away or 100 metres away. So they're talking. And it's moderated by wind, isn't it? The sound mm. drifts in the wind. So you get this wonderful... Um, it's a very... I can't really describe it. It's an ambient conversation sound. So it's wonderful. In, Music, somebody playing a guitar at a distance is mm. just beautiful. And trying to capture it is fantastic. It's um, there's, there, there are sounds and smells and things that remind me when I was younger. And one of them is like... Um, is like burnt wood in a, in, on a field or something mm. as if you've been camping and then you know the, the sound of people say like when i was remember when i was a, a kid in the tent my mom told me to go to bed but i just remember hearing people out by the fire mm. s- sort of singing and dancing and chilling and i mean, you know swimming with a guitar or something those sort of sounds they're, they're quite nice aren't they, they? are aren't yeah. they and it's trying to i try i've been part of what i've been doing for well part of what i've got to do for Attingham is to capture the sound you know when you walk into a pub and where you stand at the threshold and there's all these conversations going on, mm. that hubbub you're not part of. You can hear bits of it. Mm. So I've got to, that's what I've got to recreate. What you need to re- recreate is the one where you walk into a pub and all the conversations you just die. Stop. Yeah. You're like, right. Oh, right. have, I got my, have I got my trousers on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, quite. But I mean, it's, it's very hard to capture. 
It's mm. very hard. I, I, we did some for Maggie. I, I actually managed to get a really nice recording off the dish from one end of the special exhibitions room to where the, the actors were at the far end. And they were just chatting away whilst they were waiting and stuff. And I got this, this lovely hubbub of conversation that you can't quite hear, but you can... You can't pick out things. It's abstract, but mm. but you understand it. They're really they're great pieces of audio you can use for like oh yeah you know oh, Oliver absolutely. Twist. You walk into a bar and you've got this ambience going on. Yeah, you know, well I I um I've been something. toying with the idea of actually scripting a series of conversations. Oh, okay. So you have a table full of people and they're actors in a way. You get you give them a yeah. script, so they're having a beer or something but they're talking about very specific things Give, out of context that it might take wrong sort yeah. of thing <laughs> yeah and it just, it's just the idea that is is that okay you walk in to a bar and it's it's all chaos but i want to actually walk into the bar when all the conversations i actually know very specifically what they're going to be yeah for a recording and you walk around recording i've got a 360 degree uh sound film mic which yeah. I'll show you shortly. Yes, it's gorgeous. Yes. It's only it's only a level one. I haven't actually managed to get a level two. I built a level two mic, uh, which is with eight microphones. Um, I didn't even know it was called a level two, but I built one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's capturing those sort of interesting things for it's me. It's life, isn't it? It is life, and you know, you can capture life in things other than video and photography, right? Oh yeah. Sound yeah. is so so emotive. If you ever see me walking along the street with um, my rucksack on and a blimp microphone hanging out the back, ten to one it will be switched on. <laughs> one, one of my favourite uh, rides I've ever been on. It's a really random thing to say. Um, and so we went to Chessington and they've got the Gruffalo ride, and it's like a very slow for the kids sort of log flume type thing. Very only one little drop. That's about it. Um, but you go through, and it's all the lights and the holograms of the lights, and they they, they basically tell you the story of the Gruffalo mm. as you go around, and they take you uh, into this room where they spray fountains over you so they don't touch you it's like being in Willy Wonka or something mm. you know and then there's certain smells and there's certain like things in there have giant gruffalo thing come over you and it's it's one of the most surreal rides I've ever been on there's a lot of work gone into it um, so yeah if you're ever in that, down that neck of the woods make sure you go to Chessington and go on the gruffalo ride or just yeah, to, yeah. if you can find a YouTube video or something take a look at it it's a, although it's like it's 4G type experience so you need the smells and you need mm. the spray of the water that's, the, that's a piece of technology that I'm really going to have to play with the 4G stuff it's no, the smells. Yeah, the it's smells. Just, um, I've seen the machines yeah. that mix and generate, and they're mm. DMX controlled, so that you can. I just want to do them. I mm. just because I think, I, as you mentioned, it, I, it would be great at adding them. So you walk in and then you could smell roast chicken or, or something. Yeah. So you just yeah. you get a notion. So if you close your eyes, you, you should feel as though you're in a room that is fully active. Mm. Um, and that's what I seek to do for some of my bigger sound installations is is to do that, and they're great fun to do. But smell is quite that much be. That's the next bit. I think that's one of the things that's missing at the sound staff. But like when people come in for prison break and we're all, we're all dressed up as prisoners, like, why how's it going? You know, sort of giving them grief and stuff. But if you could sample the smell of a pr an actual prison, mm. I mean, I imagine prisons don't smell pleasant They're at all. They're probably quite stuffy, aren't yeah. they? Because of, yeah. yeah. But so, that, I mean, those, that's it. You, I mean, you can get all of the standard stuff, all the oils and stuff. But mm. you can, I've, on some of these big theatre sites, you can get some really esoteric stuff smells and things mm. that can be mixed and then they can just be geared to fire at particular points yeah you know uh, i've got uh, so many ideas to do for some of my installations where you get that like it's just wet moss and things you know yeah, well that, that's what the smell yeah. was in, in the gruffalo you can yeah. smell the mud and the moss that's and it stuff. and it's that's quite... you walk into a room and it's just been raining yeah theoretically 
a smell of rain. Yeah, it's just uh, they'll be quite it's quite good fun. So yeah, that I mean that, I have to say that's a, a technology that I haven't played with that I really keep thinking. I've looked at it two or three times over the last couple of years and thinking it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. What can I use it on? I need a big show to use it on. You should you should reach out because there's lots of uh, theme parks going for these 4G experience. Yeah. Rides at the moment. I reckon you. Could well, I think they're nice. getting into into some of the some of the museums and things, museums and galleries and places. They're the people that are beginning. Is it to... Conway Ca- uh, Powers Castle? They said they're making an, uh, an immersive thing up into in one of their rooms. They did have one. You know, when they did the uh, fourteen eighteen war thing, they had a wonderful section of theirs done out. Yeah. And it was very good as well. The sounds. There was I all spoke sorts. to them, and I was like, oh, I got a podcast, and I'm like, really. <laughs> I was like, maybe we could do something, and they were like, oh, okay, um, we've got like a four G experience coming soon. We'll be in touch, and they didn't message me, so maybe I should uh, give them a, a prod because yeah. I think it's such a, a wonderful place. Even though it's not Shropshire, it's not even England; it's technically Wales, you know. Um, but like, I still think it's kind of on our doorstep and worth exploring. Do you know what I mean? So maybe we can um, take a look there sometime. Yeah, oh, there's, there's, yes, there are. I mean, it's, it's one of my favourite places out out in that direction. Is um, um, yeah. Have you ever been out there? It's such an arty place. No. It's, it's wonderful. I did a show there um, a couple of years ago uh, in the church. About half the population came out. <laughs> and they made a lot of money for a crisis at Christmas. Oh, good. Um, good. They made a huge amount of money. We just, we did splinters, but one from their church. And that was good. And, I, and I, similarly in Conway. I love Conway. Yeah. What a beautiful, I love walking around the walls at the top. It's just great, <laughs> isn't it? And I've done two or three shows there now. Um, and those are those are quite exciting, but there's lots of possibilities. Um, I just hope people start commissioning soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're no. okay in a way. We can just plod on, as it were, gently until things pick up. I think when people can plan ahead, yeah, the worry of Boris going, oh, cancelled everything. Uh, I think maybe then people can sort of plan ahead and, and the, these sort of things will come well they can't get the insurance for the shows can they this is the big thing at the yeah, moment so you, yeah. you pitch a show and if it if it goes pear-shaped you've had it and then there's no insurance cover on it and huge losses i can't imagine trying to pitch a really big show i know I, when it came to like beth heath having to cancel everything out of my heart oh, i mean there are so many people i mean the flower show for example we are yeah. missed we are missing the flower show in shrewsbury it's one of the most pivotal yeah, and the, the the rock of ages stuff that, that comes you know all these things i just i just think how people have got by i mean some people haven't uh, you know since like, you know the pandemic uh how people have got by and survived it's just been difficult yeah. isn't it yeah so i feel like it, you know you should definitely support your events and this is what we want to do and like if you know if we reach out to you and we're like yo can we come to your event and we're not after free to a free ticket we're out, out to sort of exhibit what you're doing mm-hmm. that's what we like to do just to show people that oh you know, well you're always welcome at my shows oh brilliant oh that's really nice one of the key things about my shows is they're always free oh wow okay i, I see Whenever I'm doing a show, I, I I work as far as possible is to have somebody sponsor it. Yeah. That, which means I generally, if there's a big festival going on, they sponsor me to do a piece of work. But there's no fees, there's no costs to get well, you've, in. You've got to eat, haven't you? You've got to be well, able to more well, than the equipment. And it's, the... Yeah, I mean, it's transport costs. Uh, I mean, they're getting us to a show. Mm. Um, it can be expensive out to, out to Luxembourg. It's yeah. just the sheer... And now with Brexit, I we just it's not worth us going. We'd have to double our costs in order to go to the shoes. And I, I had a, I should have been out in Luxembourg to light up Castle in Luxembourg City last year. That may go ahead. Well, this year is possible. So it's getting a bit late now. Yeah. Um, but I mean the the amount of visas and stuff 
you've just got to get it's just put knocked the bottom out of the market really i mean people are still traveling though my friend um just got sent out to to bulgaria for um some photo shoots and stuff because he's a famous comedian um and i was like wow okay i didn't realize people could travel but people are well you can yeah we'd have to have a carnet for every single piece of equipment nut bolt and cable Mm. in order to go through customs and the amount of costs to do that yes just you think why would i bother because we used to just stuff it all in a van and drive yeah you know and we can't we can't do that at the moment it'll probably ease up if they actually manage to sort out touring again i feel like uh, (laughs) i don't know if i'm allowed to say this i said 2021 was going to be the year for partying and i think it's still time it's still time for us to to get out there and have a good time some people are Uh, but maybe next year when when the world does properly open Uh, it's going to be next year i think i I feel like it's just going to be such a, a, a euphoric moment when people can just go to gigs and stuff without the worry and the, the, you think they will um well uh, download have done um uh, they've done a, a mini gig and what they've done is they're trialing testing people on the way in and if you're positive obviously yeah yeah but um so we'll see how that goes and there's only ten thousand of that whereas download normally is a hundred thousand people turn up at that so they're, they're see they're testing how a test test in sort of process mm. works yeah, well, uh, Foo Fighters have just done that, haven't they? Yeah, their, have they? their gig was um, you had to have proof that you've been vaccinated. So there's a whole load of anti-vaxxers outside. There's an app in America, um, apparently, that that you can get now. Once you've had your vaccine, you can anti yourself on this vax, uh, this app, and you can just show people, look, I'm vaccinated, and you can go places yeah. and do things. Now I don't know why we're not doing this one like that here. Um, uh, yeah, well, it's always down to choice, isn't it? But I, it is difficult. Um, you know, I mean, some of my shows, it's immersive and it needs lots of people. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so those those things aren't going ahead. The fact that they cancelled Glastonbury again. I mean, mm. the folk festival's going ahead, but it's going to be outdoors, isn't it? Mm. They're, they're going to have outdoor stages, a bit like going to the Big Chill or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas it was always much more cosy. Yeah, I need to speak to them, actually. Um, Joe, is it Joe at the, the Folk Festival? I need to speak to her so that we can see if we can come. Because that would be nice. You know, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't been to a festival or an event. Gosh, I haven't. Been, we haven't been. No, absolutely. I mean, that's it. I haven't. We haven't done it. We did a rug. Luckily, luckily, we'd done a whole series of shows. We did six months flat out up till the 7th of March. Wow. So it was okay. We always have a gap after that. Mm. It's, just, it's nicer, isn't it, when you can do all that work and just take a break. I well, mean, it's the I'm, summer. We like... don't generally don't do much light during the summer. Though I noticed we first show is usually September. Mm. Uh, though I do indoor shows. I feel I I've, I I can't I'm kind of starting to take breaks and stuff now as as I, I wouldn't used to because like uh, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I get forced upon my my my, com- my comrades, uh, especially the USUC guys, because uh, it's quite hard. It's it's quite difficult sometimes to plan everything uh from one side of the uh the, the world to the other mm. you know <clears throat> uh to tomorrow i'm speaking to a guy from la and uh sorry for uh, saturday um you know in time zones knowing what people's doing all sorts of stuff it's, it's difficult um so i i've been forced myself to take breaks from time to time because otherwise i just make myself ill you know? oh you do yeah <clears throat> and as you get old and cranky very oh. old, very old and cranky. The guys know I do tend to get cranky when I'm kind of like, why can't this work? Why, why, how dare you have a work for a living? Why can't you be free? Oh, this it, sort of thing, me, you know? it's I've just run out of steam now. Yeah, you know, you do you do a twenty two hour round trip for a show, mm. and I'm I've had it for a couple of days afterwards. Whereas previously it wouldn't have mattered. I can keep going until we until we actually stop, and that's it. I'm out of it yeah. totally now. But um. Yeah, it's just taking it easy, and I, and I love, I think Andy's Space Radio is going to be a thing. 
Well, you have to keep in touch with that it's, because it's an amusement at the moment, but it might actually happen because I've got all the gear. To, uh, all the gear has arrived, so I can actually, I can, I can do it from here, and I've got the streaming. Well, uh, I'd love to um, speak to you about that um, privately off air, of course. But um, I got invited to a gig tonight at the old post office, and I can't go because I'm on the radio, um, and the biscuitiers are all working or otherwise engaged. So I'm like. The Biscuiteers, I love that. Yeah, my, my so why friend. is it called the Shrewsbury? Well, I guess Shrewsbury Biscuit, isn't it? It's, it's good. It's um, it's funny because I'm, I mean, I've lived all over the place, but at the time I was living in Telford, and I went to watch uh, Ross Noble, who's a famous comedian, Geordie guy, um, and he was like, we were in Telford, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna go and eat a Shrewsbury biscuit. And nobody laughed. He's like, you don't know what a Shrewsbury biscuit is. And I didn't know what a Shrewsbury biscuit was. And I felt like an idiot, right? Um, so I came, I moved to Shrewsbury, fell in love with the town, didn't know anything about it. And the, the, the thing there was, I didn't know anything about the biscuit. I didn't know anything about the town. It's famous. It kind of just made sense. So it's the Shrewsbury biscuit. Here's me finding out about Shrewsbury while the listeners are. Yeah. Just like I found out about the biscuit. It's kind of poetic, really, in my head. <laughs> well, my company is named, um, it's based upon um, uh, Ingmar Bergman's wild strawberries oh yes because yes. it's the language is sweet my business partner was um a scandinavian languages expert oh, okay and we used to do postgraduate languages so we were going to be called smultrona but nobody nobody could pronounce it nobody could remember it so wild strawberries so oh. we shortened it to wild strawberry nice. somebody got it one of the actors from syt came in and he says he says you have to tell me that this is this name's based upon the bergman film and I said, yeah, you've made my day. You've absolutely <laughs> made my day. I, so few people get, they get it. They, mm. okay, you know, there's usually one or two a year who come up and uh, they're film buffs Yeah, that know it as a film. Sometimes you dig yourself in a hole, though. I mean, we've, we've, we've You Suck, the other uh, network I've got, US, UK, we call it You Suck. Uh, we, uh, yeah, I can imagine you're going to go. Ori <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kimler, who's, uh, who does our social media, she, she put out like a, a feeder, a feeler sort of thing. Like, what do you think about the graphics? What do you think about this? Listen, what do you think about these shows? And, and a lot of the thing that came back is that Americans don't quite get our humor. Now, for me to say, you suck because deep down you know you don't. You know, that kind yeah. of silly thing. Americans just no. don't get that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on, we've got like logos, everything's made, you suck now. Come on, give me a break. She's like, why can't you just call it US, UK? I was like, because that's not what we were going for. You know? No, I like it. Yeah, that, uh, yes, it does happen. Doesn't it? Oh, let's say I've got an American collaborator. I said, mm. One of these days, I'll get to meet her. Um, oh, yeah, you were, were telling me on the phone yeah, that you worked, we worked for together years. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Off and on. In fact, uh, she's she does the most beautiful seascape pieces for me for some of my shows. Um, she lives in uh, Pensacola. Oh, wow. And the beach there is just beyond belief. White sand, mm. uh, never our beach. Oh, it's gorgeous. And she's great. I mean, the time the times are difficult. We have occasionally spoken, but, you know, it's eight hours. So she's getting up when I'm... And she teaches. Um, she's an art teacher, daytime and stuff. But it's it's one of those things. We we collaborate on shows. She does the, the American end of it. If we can find little shows to do, mm -hmm. she'll sort those. And she goes to photograph them. So I guess that's the beauty of like software, isn't it? You can just send it. Oh, you do. That's absolutely. That's yeah. it. We need, we have been trying to work up a show where, where we can actually come out and do one of my bigger shows out. But we'd have to buy all the kit when we got there. Yeah. We'd just set it up mm. to do that. But uh, it'd be nice, actually. I mean, we are, she's got a couple of shows in mind at the moment that, she wants to do and they're quite nice ideas so yeah it's it's nice collaborating with somebody she's mm. you know she's distinctly a friend these days it's, it's great but we've never met yeah huge shout out to tom bruno my co-host in vermont is the same like uh we worked together for like three years now 
um, and I've never met him. He's, a, he's a, the furthest guy away from me that I want to hug the most, you know? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's definitely like a like family uh, and we've never met. Um, but that's 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 the beauty about what, what we do. I mean, whether it's conversation or whether it's uh, sounds, lights and visuals, mm, yeah. it's it's all life, isn't it? And oh, well, this is yeah. a connect, that's what's connected us. And I think that's what's the most important thing about going out there and making what you're passionate about making, you know, mm. because it comes across easier and better. Yeah. You know, I just like to have fun, me. Uh, as you see, my discs are rotating. Those will be controlled from my phone by the end of the week. I, want, I did just take a picture of you uh, sort of sat there, but I wanna, what I want to do is try to take a picture of you with the discs in the background. There we go. So people can understand. What lunacy going. is going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it is very much lunacy. <laughs> Right, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping things up. Oh, an hour and twenty. This is probably one of the longest we've done, <laughs> but it's probably one of the best podcasts for um, just talking. You know, like sometimes mm. um, when when you do an interview, you kind of have to follow a, a sort of yeah, set, yeah, like, set of questions. Whereas, like to sit and just just chat, it's just. Yeah, nice. I hate interviews. I I did one for Southampton. Mm. Did you see the Southampton project? No, I lit up five tower blocks during lockdown. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Southampton. It was the Mayflower 400 project. I'll have to take a look. I think I know what and you're it's, on about. Um, yeah, I, my wife and I made 650 window panel flags. Wow. S- signal flags. 130 of them carried a message that you could see from the sea oh. as you went past these towers. And then it was cancelled and, and chopped and over and over. And I kept redesigning it. In the end, because we couldn't even go into the houses to put them up, I did made them all up into tubes, individually labelled with instructions, and they were delivered to each household, 130 <laughs> households in these tower blocks. And 95% of them put them up. It was amazing. Nice. It was such a good project. I was so, so pleased with it. But, we, yeah, we made signal flags. I was sending messages with, and they were huge, up to window-sized things. These are a metre and a half tall. Wow. So it took us two, three months, two, three months to actually make all the flags. But they're Very all, creative. All produced here. No, it was a factory. <laughs> <laughs> it was a factory. But it was a lovely project. But it's one of those, again, one of those things that I want to do more of that because I really enjoy making, um, colouring windows because in the daylight they work like a stained glass window. Mm. But at night when people switch their lights on, the whole building glows. Yeah. So I want to do some of that in Shrewsbury. There's lots of potential for creative yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and there'd just be a bit of fun, actually. The market, market hall would be good. Because yeah. it's got lots of windows, mm. create messages and ripples and patterns and things. Especially with the shape of the buildings. For yeah, you. well, it looks like a boat anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. So I mean, it'd be quite nice to do a shipping. I was at the show at Petit Glue uh, a couple of weeks ago, and Robin was like, "We're at the bow of the ship." And I was like, yeah. Yeah, "It's yeah, it's mm. um, uh, it's quite a bit of fun." But yeah, this is um, I have to say, it's, it's uh, the studio's not finished, as you can see. I've still got some decks to finish off. Above here is nine meters by six meters worth of storage. Oh right, okay. Yeah, it's all been that has been filled in. That one's just done, oh, um, nice. and I've got the other two to do. And um, once that's done, this, the curtains are in. I've got to say, I've got different coloured screens. The whole of the space, and the, I've got a green screen floor as well. Oh wow! Yeah, you can be anywhere you like. And also, if I put the big screen up, my rig is. Did you watch? Did you watch the Mandalorian? Yeah. Do you see how they made it? Did you watch that? It's a lot of practical. Lots of green it's physical. Screen, yeah. No, it's not green screen. No. These are real. LED backgrounds. Oh, okay. uh, it's so big the actors could see it, but the camera they used um, uh, the Unreal Engine. So basically, um, as the cameras move, the, the set changes. So it's camera point of view, but the actors could actually see where they were. They could see the landscapes that they're working in. So I thought I can do that. 
<laughs> so I did. So I can be on the stage. I can have a band on the stage. And on the wall next to them is the set that they're actually in. So they can actually see themselves on the stage in that space. Wow. So I designed it so I could do a radio play, but also film it. Um, so have an old-fashioned library with all the books and stuff. Wow. All green screen, but people on the stage in that space. Uh, it's just so you, can, you if you look up, you, you can actually see on the wall, you can see the set that you're in in real time. Okay, so you're not like... No, you haven't pretending. got to imagine. No, you haven't got to imagine that there's a cup there. You, yeah. you can see it. Yeah. So if it's got green screen boxes and stuff, you can put them down mm. and stuff. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. I love it as a, as a technology. Yeah. They did an amazing job with Mandalorian. Amazing oh, job. That's great. Dave Filoni. I've watched the um, I've watched the how they made it so many times. I bet it's, it's, <laughs> I bet. it's so well worth watching. It's just because the technology is actually other film studios are now using that method, and it's all consumer facing gear as well. It's mm. not it's not custom. They use the Unreal Engine and LED panels they can buy online. I need to get a, a green screen. I think one they can just pull up. Oh, because I've, I'll show you two. I've got two here, pop up ones. Oh yeah, they I stick on the back of your chair. Yes, yeah, yeah, well, one I need to buy. They're really good because um, I, yesterday I was kind of like, "Oh my god, I'm recording in five minutes," and uh, there was like washing that hang on the washing machine that was behind where I was. So if I had a green screen, I could be like, no. So the the really cool thing is you photograph the washing, you tint it all in color, put your green screen up, and then put it back. <laughs> so people, he's just got this this really cool surreal landscape that you're existing in. But yeah, I do. I mean, I'm one of my go to sets for a. a podcast is when i worked at the flatsville um we had lunch our christmas lunch whilst we were installing was on the top floor so i've got this endless view i photographed it specifically so i could use it on a green screen so it's as though i'm in my office and the office is the whole of the top floor of the of the flax mill <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good it's very convincing because it was i photographed it with that view in mind i knew the height that i'm going to be sitting at so i wanted the perspective to be correct i should do some out like a bit like the bat cave or something you know yeah oh. yeah I, well, hello hello well I, I make all sorts of three-dimensional backgrounds for, yeah. for mine uh, and yeah those i bought two pop-up screens um mm. to stick on the back of my chairs handy. because I, though i can set this big one up most of the time it's not set up mm. so sometimes i just need to sit where i am with the camera pointing at me yeah and i can just do a do a workshop amazing well andy I've loved speaking to you. Every single minute of this interview, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, and I'm sorry for yawning for the night shift yet. Okay, so I finished my night shifts for the week yesterday, and I slept for eight hours. I got up for a couple of hours and then went and slept for another eight hours. I must have really needed it because I'm still tired now, but it was a long week. Um, but thank you so much for joining me on the show. No, thank you. I, I like rabbiting. No, it's been, <laughs> this is what we're about. And I'd love to invite you back. Anytime you want to come, just tell me and I'll be here, right? Because cool. uh, I love speaking to you. Um, so again, tell people where they can find you. Uh, we talk about the website. Yeah, wild, wildstrawberry.com or Facebook. Andy McEwen Lightworks on Facebook. Yeah. Um, Android 9. Yeah. I think it's Android 9. It might not be, actually. I can't remember what it is on Instagram now. Are you on Inst Android 9 on Instagram? Um, I know, that's Twitter. Android 9's on Twitter. It must... I can't think what it is now. You can't miss it. It's the same photograph <laughs> on all of them. Yeah, it's a very cool photograph. You're black and white, and then the, the colours behind you sort of... Yeah, that's purple, right. It's, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a Warhol picture. Um, so, yeah, I did very that. Very cool, very cool. It's random segment yeah. is my... Um, Instagram? It's my Instagram. Random I was going to say, you have to be on Instagram. Well, I've got four 
Instagram yeah. accounts, but my but it is it's really cool. It's nothing to do with work. You get pictures of the cats. You get pictures of the food that I cook, mm-hmm. and occasionally I post the shows that I'm doing as well. <laughs> but it's a, it's a random mix of my oh, life. It's, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Because I've got like three different Instagram accounts. One, the biscuit guy, which is me, which I, I haven't touched for months. People still follow me and stuff. I'm like, okay, uh, the biscuit one and the new suck, and uh, there was one for me as well that I haven't used in years. But it's crazy, isn't it? You got to have one for each thing, yeah. you know. Just... I, well, people keep telling me, oh, you shouldn't put all your family stuff onto that Instagram I said tough it's my Instagram account mm. um, I all I'm interested in is I'll post whatever I like on Instagram it's me it's like a sketchbook um, and I'll just pop stuff up on it and I have people all over the world that actually send me comments about the food that I cook and, and it's stuff. nice isn't it it's cool and it's it's just a yeah it's one of those things I, I, I quite like Instagram I use it for, for collecting material for shows oh okay and it works a treat oh. Um, I use um, a German program for downloading the stuff. So if we give you a hashtag and you post a picture to it, mm. I can it automatically downloads it with it's got that hashtag onto my computer. Oh, okay. So that I can build them into the shows. Amazing. And that's really a cool way of, of doing it because it means there's no emailing, so GDPR and all of that stuff. It just appears. <laughs> so you wait until the computer on and like, oh, I'll switch it on and if I run the program, it, it goes to collect anything on that hashtag. So I set the hashtags, obviously. Not, you can't do it with any old random hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to be the owner, the, the instigator of the hashtag, yeah. and the account for it. So, um, yeah, I use it for all my shows now. Um, so you know, I can get global submissions for a piece of work. When Amazing. I did Sonic Gardens, I had stuff in f- from um, Spain, Florida. That that was um, Deborah. Um, somewhere in Germany, we had loads of people just sending stuff in. I thought the project was going to be local. Yeah, I know. It's amazing when you like. A small drop in the ocean, yeah, you know, can create such a big. Oh, wave, absolutely. You know. yeah. Um, Andy, I'd like to tell you about something that we're doing in September as well. Actually, we're doing a twenty-four uh, hour live podcast um, <laughs> for charity. We're going to be raising as much money as we can for Lingen Davis. Um, so on at nine a.m. on the 29th of September, I'm going to go live with the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We're going to do that until nine p.m. We're then going to switch over till to Usuk. So we're going to dim the lights a little bit, a bit like what they're doing Red Nose Day. And I'm not going to stop stream until nine a.m. on the 30th of September, which is International Podcast Day. Yes. Now the guys at International Podcast Day in LA are very aware of what we're doing. They're going to be on the show. They're going to come and join us. Um, they like what we're doing. Um, we have our main sponsor in Reach. Reach are amazing. They're doing our PR and marketing. We have a venue, thanks to the guys at Shrewsbury Town, the community. We're going to be using their Reach Community Hub. We're going to be there for 24 hours. Going to be lots going on, lots of people coming and going. I've just had confirmation that the mayor's going to be there. Charlie Adlard's confirmed. We've got Charlie Adler, who is one of the most famous voice Ooh. actors on the planet. And we've got so many amazing people coming on that want to be part of this show uh, to raise money for Lingen Davis. Uh, we do have a brand now. Um, I think I can say this now because this isn't going to go out for two weeks. Um, but the, uh, the, the this event is going to be called what a great well, that's a nice flag that isn't it that's it's, nice it's isn't it good, yeah. and I've looked there's no out there in the world so we are this is you need to register that that's yes we do great. and we're going to with this name this new amazing thing that Reach have, have helped us get um, we're going to go out there and we're going to be like this is get involved so there's still a few spots that we need um, to get people involved with now listen guys we are looking for sponsors and how we're going to do this is we're going to sell sponsored hours i have been saying on the show that um every sponsored hour is a minimum 50 pound donation but i've been advised apparently that is peanuts to a lot of companies so we're <laughs> i've been advised i'm very sorry by the people above me uh to raise the price to 100 pound 
if you want to have an hour sponsored on this, it's going to cost you £100 donation towards Erling and Davis. And what that will get you is we will display your logos, your decals, and we'll be like, this on this is sponsored. This hour is sponsored by such and such. You know, this hour is going to be brought to you by Web Orchard. This hour is going to be brought to you by Reach. This sort of thing. So that's what you will get. Um, and so if you do want to get involved, we want your money. So get <laughs> <laughs> you can you can find all the details of how to get in touch with us at our website, which is the shrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. And that's a website made for us by our friends at Web Orchard. And if you need a website, make sure you check them out. Lots of conflict of interest going on there. You've got Reach who make websites and Web Orchard who make websites, but they're coming together to make this event for charity. So uh, very, very lots of respect uh, to them guys for doing that um andy you've been amazing well thank you for inviting me in it's been great fun yeah yeah and uh we're going to go and geek out about microphones now so uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listeners listen guys it's an extended podcast but i think you're going to enjoy it uh amazing amazing thank you very much thank you Peace out.